Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 19 from the World English Bible. Joab was told, Behold, the king weeps and mourns for Absalom. The victory that day was turned into mourning among all the people, for the people heard it said that day, The king grieves for his son. The people sneaked into the city that day as people who are ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. The king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, My son Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Joab came into the house to the king and said, Today you have shamed the faces of all your servants, who today have saved your life, and the lives of your sons and of your daughters, and the lives of your wives and the lives of your concubines, in that you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you have declared today that princes and servants are nothing to you. For today I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died today, then it would have pleased you well. Now therefore arise, go out and speak to comfort your servants. For I swear by Yahweh, if you don't go out, not a man will stay with you this night. That would be worse to you than all the evil that has happened to you from your youth until now. Then the king arose and sat in the gate. They told to all the people, saying, Behold, the king is sitting in the gate. All the people came before the king. Now Israel had fled every man to his tent. All the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king delivered us out of the hand of our enemies, and he saved us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land from Absalom. Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now, therefore, why don't you speak a word of bringing the king back? King David sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, saying, Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, since the speech of all Israel has come to the king to return him to his house? You are my brothers, you are my bone and my flesh, why then are you the last to bring back the king? Say to Amasa, Aren't you my bone and my flesh? God do so to me and more also if you aren't captain of the army before me continually instead of Joab. He bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as one man, so that they sent to the king, saying, Return, you and all your servants. So the king returned and came to the Jordan. Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to bring the king over the Jordan. Shimei, the son of Gera the Benjamite, who was of Bahurim, hurried and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba the servant of Saul's house, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went through the Jordan in the presence of the king. A ferry boat went to bring over the king's household and to do what he thought good. Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king when he had come over the Jordan. He said to the king, 
Don't let my Lord impute iniquity to me, or remember that which your servant did perversely the day that my Lord the King went out of Jerusalem, that the King should take it to his heart. For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come today as the first of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my Lord the King. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, answered, Shouldn't Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed Yahweh's anointed? David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah, that you should be adversaries to me today? Shall any man be put to death today in Israel? For don't I know that I am king over Israel today? The king said to Shimei, You will not die. The king swore to him. Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and he had neither groomed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came home in peace. When he had come to Jerusalem to meet the king, the king said to him, Why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? He answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me, for your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride on it and go with the king, because your servant is lame. He has slandered your servant to my lord the king, but my lord the king is as an angel of God, therefore do what is good in your eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king, yet you set your servant among those who ate at your own table. What right therefore have I yet that I should cry any more to the king? The king said to him, Why do you speak any more of your matters? I say, you and Ziba divide the land. Mephibosheth said to the king, Yes, let him take all, because my lord the king has come in peace to his own house. Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rogalim, and he went over the Jordan with the king to conduct him over the Jordan. Now Barzillai was a very aged man, even eighty years old. He had provided the king with sustenance while he stayed at Mahinaim, for he was a very great man. The king said to Barzillai, Come over with me, and I will sustain you with me in Jerusalem. Barzillai said to the king, How many are the days of the years of my life that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am eighty years old today. Can I discern between good and bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear the voice of singing men and singing women any more? Why then should your servant be a burden to my lord the king? Your servant would but just go over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant turn back again, that I may die in my own city, by the grave of my father and my mother. But behold your servant Chimham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good to you. The king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good to you. Whatever you request of me, that I will do for you. All the people went over the Jordan, and the king went over. Then the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. So the king went over to Gilgal, and Chimham went over with him. All the people of Judah brought the king over, and also half the people of Israel. Behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, Why have our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king and his household over the Jordan and all David's men with him? All the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is a close relative to us, why then are you angry about this matter? Have we eaten at all at the king's cost, 
or has he given us any gift? The men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, and we have also more claim to David than you. Why then did you despise us that our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king? The words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. That's the end of chapter 19. As the tone of the previous chapter, chapter 18, implied, David's reaction to the victory was causing trouble. The the soldiers felt ashamed, and Joab warns that they will leave David. Not that we can trust everything Joab says, but he does understand battles and soldiers. And David listens. David goes to the gate, which would be the gate of the city he had taken refuge in. He hasn't returned to Jerusalem yet. But still, The gate of the city is not just a portal, not just a a place that people go in and out. Recall even in Genesis chapter 23, it talks about Abraham having an audience with all the men there to talk to Ephron the Hittite about the cave. And then also in Ruth chapter 4, Boaz went up to the gate and sat down to make his case for Ruth. So even if you don't know exactly what all the culture is and all the architecture is surrounding these gates, you can see that some important things go on at gates. So when David goes to sit in the gate, this is a momentous thing. I will also put a link on the blog uh, to an Answers in Genesis article that talks about discovering the archaeology of some city gates and talks about the fact that the city gate was where everything took place and there were benches for elders and judges and kings, etc. In verses 8 through 10, we see that even though these people don't have telephones or the internet or anything like that, word was apparently getting around pretty quickly. This section seems to be a summary of the national conversation, the discussion of what was going on at all the city gates. And David is tuned in. He sees that a little prompting might be in order and might help, and he appeals to his tribe to support him in returning to the kingly city of Jerusalem. There's a lot of courtly or diplomatic phrasing and language um, in his request, why are you the last, when nobody seems to have really offered yet. And then in verse 15, just to make sure you caught it, using the name Judah here is referring to the whole tribe or the tribe generally by the name of the patriarch that they're all descended from. And finally, Amasa led Absalom's army, but now David is fed up with Joab and he's going to He says he's going to declare Amasa the captain over the army. So during the triumphal return, we have both Shimei and Ziba in particular seeking favor and and appearing in the presence of the king. But Shimei is appearing in humble fear. He admits he has sinned against David and he asks for mercy. Of course, Abishai suggests chopping off his head or killing him again, and David declares that Abishai's idea of justice is destructive. When we get to verse 26, even though there are a lot of your servants and my Lord is the king, Mephibosheth's responses are humbly grateful for what he has been given, because, as he says, he knows it would have been natural for David to wipe out Saul's family line, and instead David has blessed him. But whether David is not totally convinced of Ziba's treachery, or he's just in a generous mood, or he doesn't want to rock the boat too much, he goes ahead and lets them divide things up. But even then, Mephibosheth's attitude, even if it is an attempt at being diplomatic some, it's still very humble, and he says he's just happy that David's back. So it makes me think more highly of him. 
Barzillai gets a lot of airtime and recognition for his providing for David and the people with him during this horrible time. And David wants to honor Barzillai by bringing him into the king's city and court, but Barzillai would prefer to stay home and very politely and diplomatically asks to be excused. And then he mentions your servant, Chimham. Well, since everyone is the king's servant, verse 37 doesn't mean that Chimham is like a servant or a slave being given to David, like somebody who has no control and has moved from one master to another. And in fact, the next verse indicates that Chimham will be receiving reward according to what Barzillai wants. Some people think that based on 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 7, that Chimham was Barzillai's son. In verse 41, we have more politics. Judah, the tribe of Judah, included Benjamin, as we see in verse 17. So that left the 10 tribes who were not represented in David's victorious re-entry. I had to kind of laugh at their statement that they had a greater share in David because it just seems to be that they're playing math games because they are 10 tribes and Benjamin and Judah are two tribes. So yeah, 10 is more than two and they have a greater portion. So now everybody's fighting about who is most loyal to David, fickle people though they are. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 